Welcome to the Creative Play and Podcast Network. Join us as we review our favorite RPGs, collectible card games, MMOs, video games, PC games, and bring up interesting topics and things that we'd like to share with everyone. Sit back and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Kelly, a.k.a. Trixie from Ragnarok and Roll, assigned to Ragnarok's story, and Tilda Wimblewick from D&D Journey of the 5th Edition. First off, I would just like to say thank you to everyone for listening to our varied adventures, as well as for rating us on iTunes and RPGpodcast.com. If you haven't rated us yet, we would greatly appreciate it if you could. And if you're looking for more ways to support our efforts, we are now on Patreon, a great site where you can help us continue making more podcasts, as well as some special surprises for our patrons. If you can, please look us up at www.patreon.com cppn. Every little bit helps. And again, thank you for listening. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Let me introduce myself. I am Baron Johan Karza. This is my steampunk persona. I am a mercenary, philanthropist, mercenary, philanthropist, (laughs) philanthropist, mercenary. Um, My name is, my real name is actually Paul Martell. I'm a 24 year veteran of the Arizona Department of Corrections. This is what I do for fun. It's like an AA meeting. It's an AA meeting. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to Steve Punk 101. I'm Barry Carza. This is my friend, Gentleman Robot. Um, my compatriot up here um, is John Floyd. And I was Gentleman Robot just a few moments ago with my persona sitting back here. So I can take my head off this so you guys can hear me. But yes, and I, uh, I currently work on Fort Huachuca. And uh, yes, and I am a steampunk, so. Yep. <laughs> Hi, my name's John, and I'm a steampunk. <laughs> Hi, John. Hi, John. <laughs> well, this is another artist with us. <laughs> Jeff McDaniel. Jeff McDaniel. He is also displaying some of his wares today. Um, so last year we did the same um, showing at a different time. It's a little bit smaller. Uh, we had different people. This year they gave us the ability to display all of our stories. Well, <laughs> everything in the show belongs to us <laughs> and to Jeff. You know, it's one of those things where it's, we've been, I, I started out as a, my very first, I mean, I loved dressing up as a kid. Halloween was my favorite ho- holiday, still is. Uh, I created costumes from nothing, you know, because back in the day when I was growing up and many of us were growing up, Halloween costumes were cheap plastic faces and, and whatever else. Didn't, didn't work with me. So I wrapped myself in sheets and made myself a ghost. I wrapped myself in sheets and made myself a ninja. <laughs> you know, there's a theme to all of this, right? We didn't have the stuff, so we made our stuff ourselves. As I got older, I, I get into miniature painting. I got into a lot of different arts and crafts. I've always been one to create. Um, I fell in love with Civil War reenacting. Arizona is not the best place to Civil War reenact. (laughs) Sadly, there's only a few battles, and the people that run those battles, although are lovely people, are great. They really want to... uh, Steampunk's a close second. Yes, (laughs) yes. They really want to bring the Civil War to the public. It's just one of those things where it's crazy. So I found out while doing Civil War reenacting something called Steampunk. I was looking for some other equipment or whatever, and I saw this, and I said, what is Steampunk? 
what could possibly be this? I opened up some websites and everyone went, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, <laughs> this is really cool. So it was like crossing uh, Civil War era all the way up to the early 1900s with science fiction. And I said, I think I found my niche. I think I found what I want to do. And I started to see a lot of the different things that were made by other artists. And I said to myself, oh, I can do much better than that. <laughs> so I started creating. And creating and creating and creating. And then I met a group of crazy people <laughs> that decided, I said, these are my people. <laughs> I fit right in. We have the same style, we have the same desire, we create. Um, I, when I met John was at an event that they threw in Bisbee. And I said, when my wife and I went down, I said, this is really cool. You know, I was really impressed. I looked at his stuff as opposed to some of the other artists that were displayed and I was gravitated towards him because he's like me. He looks at junk and goes, I can make something with this. <laughs> I don't need to go out and spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars on supplies when it's laying around in the trash somewhere. You drink a Coke bottle, you throw it away or recycle it. We look at it and go, fuel tank, set it aside. You finish your toilet paper tube or whatever, you recycle it or throw it away. We look at it and go, hmm, something, you know, and put it aside. Smokestack. Smokestack. <laughs> Smokestack. <laughs> so we repurpose things. We're like the original recyclers. Um, we're scrounge hounds. We look for things like that, and we make our art with it. So that's where my love for the event comes, my love for the, the genre. Uh, I don't only cosplay steampunk. I cosplay Star Wars. I still have Civil War outfits. Um, I can do lots of different things. Um, uh, I have amazing friends who I cannot sew. <laughs> I have amazing friends that can, and they <laughs> run over here, they create the things for us, so um, I build my gear, I wrap, you know, and then they do the, the things that I can't do. That's the beauty of this, is that we support one another. We support one another. They came all the way down from Tucson to be with us today, which is amazing for me. It shows the camaraderie to show the camaraderie for us and support us. And I really appreciate it. I'm sure he does too. So, that being said, take it away. No, go ahead. <laughs> no, it's the same thing for me. I mean, we kind of fell into it. Um, we had gone to um, the Phoenix Comic Con that they do every summer, which. They do it here in the summer, and they do other ones in the winter in, up in Wisconsin, so I don't get it, but it was in the summer. So we went there, and I fell in love, and I started looking at the Mandalorians and the guys that do all the, the Star Wars reenactment, and I immediately uh, was gravitated to that, and I said, that's what I want to do, and I was dead set. I was going to do a Mandalorian outfit, and the Mandalorians, are, for those of you that, are, that aren't aware, is like Boba Fett. Um, they wear the helmet or the stormtroopers. I was going to build any one of those things. And I stayed there probably for the three days that we were there. I was there probably about mm, 45, 50% of the time that I was at the convention, maybe more. But um, when I got home, I realized that a lot of the stuff that they make 
I either didn't have access to that type of materials because most of the folks that are making that are in larger cities. And at the time, we hardly ever went up to Tucson. Um, Sierra Vista, this was in 2010 when we went. Sierra Vista had, you know, the Ace and the Home Depot, and I think Lowe's was in as well, but that was just about it. We didn't have places where we could go down to our local, and a lot of our friends that live in Phoenix now that we know, they go, oh yeah, I just go down to your, my plastic guy. He's in, you know, Glendale, <laughs> you know, or he's in Goodyear. I'm going, that's five hours from here. No, I can't do that. Um, but... So I realized really quick that I couldn't build that and make that. And so I started, like Paul, I went online and we had talked with a couple of people. And I remember right next to a table about the size that the refreshments are on is all that there was for a stand for the Wild Wild West kind. And they had a table set up with a few pieces, a couple of top hats with some goggles. And they had the little things that we actually have here now for Wild West kind sitting at their table and I remember I picked up one and I thought that was kind of cool. I typed in, you know, steampunk and like Paul, I was overwhelmed. I mean, it's so much out there. It's even, you know, what, quadrupled that today. Um, but I realized that in a short time that I could do some of that and I really liked that. And we did a quick Halloween party and we did some stuff and then we found out when that convention was coming up and we went to that convention and I was hooked. And then they didn't do it the next year. Because <laughs> I started making a whole bunch of things after that. And then we found out that they were going to come back. They took the year off. They were going to come back. And we went to a couple other conventions. And we started meeting a lot of people along the way, both in Tucson and Sierra Vista, like Paul. And that's when we did our own event. And um, in Bisbee, we met a whole bunch more folks. And it kind of grew from there. And we realized that really quick that a lot of the people that we started making friends with um, had the same outlook and had been in other genres or had cosplayed or had gone out and done other things like that and we realized that it's more of a family you know and close friends that will give each other a holler and we don't maybe always get dressed up but we'll go to dinner we hang out we if we're up in Tucson for something else maybe going to Tandy Leather or something like that from here but it became more of a uh, close-knit bunch of friends. I mean, almost like family. I mean, some of the folks here, well, all the folks here are like, you know, either, you know, distant cousins. <laughs> so, not even distant cousins. The cousins like to talk to them, right? The ones who like to talk yes. to but, uh, but, yeah, I mean, we... We make stuff, we, I had to start making stuff just like Paul did out of different things. And I have books up here if you want to go through them. has some of my stuff, some of Paul's stuff in those books that shows how we made them and out of some of the things we picked up. But uh, my, my youngest daughter to this day, when she sees me staring at something too long, she just goes, Dad, it's not steampunk, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> because I went through about a two-year period of time where everything could be made steampunk. I mean, um, there's a bunch of things that are both on his and mine that are just things that we could pick up here in or here in, or in Sierra Vista um, at either uh, uh, Walmart, Ace, Lowe's, all of the ones I named. We, as y'all know, we probably just got the the um, Hobby Lobby not, uh, just a few years ago, yeah. and we pick up a couple of things here and there from there. But now we've learned how to pick up different items. So, um, well, and, and he, he's very modest. He won't tell you that he's learned how to make a lot of stuff too. 
he casts a lot of the things that we now put on our, mm -hmm. um, our, our, our equipment and our gear and our guns. So he's, like I said, he's very modest. He's learned how to resin cast things. He's, I mean, I call him up and say, dude, I need this cast. Can you make me nine or 10 bolts? Yeah, what size? <laughs> yeah, you know, you pick them up, or you, you drop them by the house, you drop them off, you know, or whatever. We've, we've done barter systems. It's like, here, you give me this, I'll do this for you. That's just the way it works. And, and, and that's one of the things that's, that's crucial is that when you know somebody who can do things, we know our seamstress, we know who casts, um, that kind of stuff. You know, painting is my forte. I can make plastic look like metal. Mm -hmm. People freak out when they see that. They're like, oh my God, I can't believe it. He, can, he makes this, and people say, you can't walk in that. It's too heavy. It's all made of metal. Nope. It's the ability to create the illusion and make it look real. So, and then he's definitely a master of that, and, and, and both of us have come a long way from the time we started looking at some of the original stuff we had and look at, well, that's pretty funny. I was you just know. telling Jim that there's a lot of things that would change on this, and a lot of people say, no, it's perfect. I mean... <laughs> There's a lot of things that I would redo that I've learned along the way. Um, but the same thing that I said I couldn't do, and I probably, I, we were talking with a few people not too long ago at one of the events that we went to with Jocelyn, and in talking with them, they are in the, the Star Wars community, and they're talking to us about wanting to jump over to Steampunk, and I'm telling them, hey, you know, I, we could do both, and I'm, we could work something out to where we could actually do both, because I still want to do a Mandalorian to this day. And, but a lot of the sites that I went to now that, that, were, that were just starting up or were not around, but now there are sites out there that, you know, you can get with us later on if you all are interested, or if you go online and say, how do I make this? And you'll find it's knowing some of the key words, which is what we didn't know when we first started. Right. And just because they're doing it and making it for a particular genre, um, it doesn't have to be made that way only. I mean, I learned how to make some of the helmets and stuff that I did because the Star Wars guys were doing it that way. Um, or some of the folks for the 40K Warhammer, which is a... Um, Tabletop. A tabletop gaming thing. And they make full-on suits. That's how I made one of my larger battle armors that I made. Um, but all of that, even right down to miniatures, I use a lot, and again, Jim and I were just talking about that, on, on every single one of the things that looks like a rivet in this helmet and on this head, except for these two right, these four right here, are all split piece. What you make split piece soup out of out of a split pea bag and I bought that bag in 2011 <laughs> I still have half of it and I've used them any small bolt you see on there small rivet that's what that is it's an old Disney trick and I either went to a con or I saw it online and Walt Disney used to use it for miniatures and I picked it up and did it but the funny thing or wasn't funny at the time but downside is is that I have some of them where they were on feet of something that I made, or these hats were stored in the closet. And we had a cat that liked to do the catch and release program. <laughs> we'd come in the house, play with them, and release them. And the cat had a very healthy diet of split peas, ate every single one of them. This, this hat. I'm sorry, what did I say? The cat. The cat, sorry. The mouse ate before we caught it. Not the, not the cat, but ate every single split piece off of every one of the hats, except for this one. So 
Um, I had to learn a hard lesson with that one, but... <laughs> Which is funny because I told him, I said, all my bolts and stuff are actual rivets. <laughs> Brass rivets. Uh, you can get them there at, at um, Ace Hardware. They're uh, tacks. Upholstery tacks. Mm -hmm. oh, they're nice. And they're made of brass already. So yeah. I was like, oh, this is really cool. And then you painted them black. Then I painted them black. <laughs> 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 painted them black. So not a joke, because I didn't want the, the thrower to look like, I wanted it to look like a train. Cast metal um, train engine. You know, I wanted, the, the, the character that carries this is supposed to be an automaton. It's, it's me in this outfit with a different mask and a head. But he's supposed to be a robot. He has no concept of what weight is or anything like that. So I wanted it to look like it came off of a train. And I, I think I accomplished it. It looks very riveted and welded and everything. But yeah, I ended up painting everything black. <laughs> <laughs> so if you scratch it off, you'll see brass underneath. And but you can even use, um, like, you know the little things. I know a lot of younger folks won't know what they are, but they go through um, regular whole notebook paper. The brass. Yeah, the brass. They're called brass. brass. They're called yeah. brass. brass. Really? Yeah. yeah. But it goes in and then you peel open yeah. both sides and flatten it down on the back side. That's what I used as rivets is brass. But yeah. they, they sell those things you can get for like a dollar. You can get like a hundred of them inside exactly. of there. I've used those and just pressed them through. The, a lot of this stuff's made out of foam, like his jaw's made out of foam, all of the skirting and everything here is made out of foam. You just push that through there and flatten it out and put a little glue on the back of it and you're done. You've got a brass uh, bolt or a rivet, you know, now is in, you know, in your, your outfit. If, but, you, uh, if you're interested in doing it, I suggest walking through a hardware store and just looking at different things. And, and you see things and you're like, because huh. I, I like to use the acronym KISS. Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> yeah. Why am I going to make something if somebody else has already made it? Um, my shoulder pads. I, I'll ask, not you guys. <laughs> my shoulder pads. What do you think they're made out of? They look like metal. They, they look, look metal. metal yeah. They are knee pads. Ooh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> they're knee pads. If you go to where the concrete section is or the knee pads of any hardware store, these are the cheap. Um, <laughs> these I know are telling secrets and it's like, shut up. <laughs> these are the, the, the cheap uh, plastic um, knee pads. Or they're just like foam that you use for when you're working on the ground or whatever. And I added them on and bolted them on. And again, some of these are actual... Um, Brass bolts, and some of them ones that he created for me after the effect. But I wanted the real brass bolts because it locked them in and kept them tight. So before I had my seamstress, I would get non stuff you could get surplus. The jacket itself is surplus. But I don't know why the Czechoslovakian people have little tiny arms. Anything from Czechoslovakia, their arms do not match the body. This is jacket will fit a big guy like me. But the arms stop here. <laughs> Must have had big giant gloves. That's all I can think they of. Went they went up to their shoulders. I don't know anything. <laughs> so I put on, I, my wife laughed at me, the sleeves came off. <laughs> Literally ripped them off. You can see I didn't cut them. I wasn't nice. I really ripped the sleeves off. I wanted the very kind of savage look. Um, you sure that wasn't battle damage? It was battle damage. Okay. That's, the cre that's what I wanted to create. When you start in something like this, you have to figure out my first character, I, I don't even know what I was. I think it was an airship 
first officer when I went to the Ape and Aura Fair. <laughs> I had a bowler, I had a vest, I had some Levi's, you know, and I had a, a, a jacket. It was just whatever I could throw together, kind of hodgepodge from what I had seen on the internet. Then I said, nope, I don't want to do that. I want to create my own character. He said, I want to create, he wants to create his own character. That's what you have to focus on. What do you want to be? As you can tell, a lot of times, steampunk, a lot of it is browns, tans, brass, things like that. I'm the anti-steampunk. I wear black. <laughs> I like to wear black. I'm the bad guy. Everybody knows in a movie, right? Who wears black? The bad guy always wears black. Okay, so that's my character. He's the bad guy, so to speak. Perception is what everybody perceives. So, um, the gentleman robot, it's kind of funny because we're partners, yet our characters are against each other. So that's the neat thing. We're, we're friends, and yet we're enemies. So, we're frenemies. Frenemies. We're frenemies. A lot of the people that we know all have their own characters. They create their own character cast. There are people that we know that if you get into the steampunk world, you'll be like, you know these people? And we're like, yeah. We knew them when they were just, uh, you know. Uh, Some people, if you held a gun to my head today, I couldn't tell you their real last name. Because <laughs> that's what we know that's them what as. they know them as, or they have a Facebook site that only has that name, and I know them by that first name. For years, I didn't know Ember's real first name. Why? <laughs> you don't need to. Everybody knows that about I know. <laughs> And that's the funny part is when you, when you get into this world and you get to meet these people, you address them and call them by their created name. A lot of people don't call me by, they don't say Paul, they say Baron. And I answer to it. <laughs> that's me. Yeah, yes. for the longest time I didn't even want to do a persona. I was really hell bent on not doing one. And um... <laughs> look what he's got now. Right? Yeah. Now he's a persona. A lot. He's the president <laughs> of Steampunk at the Wild Wild West Con last year. <laughs> so this is his actual, I was going to say, shameless plug. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. Um, the funny part was he ran against, somebody made a, a, a bumper sticker. It's a Cthulhu for president. If you know anything about the Cthulhu HP Lovecraft series, Cthulhu is this ancient elder god that was going to show up in the world and destroy it. So he runs against him. <laughs> I happen to have a Cthulhu. And others. And others. Yeah, don't forget the others. Yes. Right. Uh, there was no others. It was Robot. Madam Askew. It was Madam Askew and, and then the Cthulhu. So I, <laughs> I happen to have uh, a, a very close friend of mine purchased me a, a Cthulhu head. It's ungodly expensive. It's incredibly detailed. So I created the, the character and I wore and I went and basically showed up as Cthulhu. People went, what? I'm crazy. We got some pictures. Actually, we never didn't really see each other, you know, in, in passing. But um, and that I was put in a vote for you too. <laughs> I have pictures actually. We, we have photos. Yeah, yeah. Photographic. Yeah. I was caught voting <laughs> for them. Actually, I was stealing votes. But we we create these little storylines, and and we just it falls into it. It falls into place. And it create it's fun for us because we're creating little backstories in our in our characters. Um, and that's something if you're interested in steampunk that you, you can do. Um, you can have just as much fun showing up. Um, wearing street clothes to a steampunk event because unlike a lot of us, we don't. A lot of other areas, we don't judge you. 
You can be a steampunk lighter, steampunk heavy as you want. You could show up wearing a top hat, and we love you. Yep. <laughs> you show up wearing nothing. Well, well I think that's the big difference. We're not. We applaud your bravery. Yes. Leather belt. Right. There you go. That's really cool. You've got some brass accents on it. That's cool. You know. Um, we're very accepting. The, the, usually, this is. I met people that were big in the business before I ever even came along. And yet they were so warm and welcoming that it made me feel like this is a definitely a world that I like to be in. So um, I do know some of the Star Wars people, and they're like, <laughs> um, they're very tenuous, they're very rigid, they're very tight about their their events and their costuming and stuff. Clickish. Not all. Clickish. No, 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 no. Well, it's, it's the, and the ones that are in the main clubs, it's just, it's, Again, he was he fell in and told me a bunch of stories about how rigid they are for the Civil War reenactment, oh, yeah. and um, they suck all the I, fun I mean, out of it. Yeah, and I mean, it's just that was one of the things that I realized that when we started doing it. There is no, there is no characters other than the ones that we've created or friends of ours that have created, and some you know a few bands that are out there that that play steampunk and people have emulated those guys, but. Really, folks don't tend to emulate too many other folks. Now, we tend to mash it up and do, you know, we had a friend of ours that got those little Heelys. Uh, I think that's what they're called, where the wheels are in there. I'm looking at you because you probably know the name of them. I know we don't. But, uh, he dressed up in, like, like, like dark browns and oranges and stuff oh, yeah. like that and had a hat and a cane, mm -hmm. and he was a steampunk BB-8. Yeah. He had the and parasol. he would roll Brilla. along. The parasol. Yeah, and he had the parasol, so it looked like the wheel part. But I mean, we've awesome. mashed up to where you um, blend in from you know different everything from Marvel to DC to Star Wars to yep. you name it. We've brought it in and made it steampunk to keep it fun and to do that. Or again, bring in um, and make up your own character if you want. But superheroes are fun. Superheroes, mm -hmm. absolutely. We have There's friends of ours that do all of the DC from Batman, Joker. We even did our own of, um, of Assassin's Creed, um, where we made one and we, we steampunked them to do it of the Assassin's and Creed. And uh, Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz. We did Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz, yeah. That was easy. We already had a tin wizard. Like, oh, all I had to do was put yes. a funnel on his head. We could be different days, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you could, you could, we do mashups with pretty much anything. Anything that you like, you can do a mashup with. It's it's nothing, nothing is taboo. There's nobody's gonna tell you you can't do that. If they do, brush them off. <laughs> brush them off. They're not worth your effort or time. Just brush them off, okay? So, um, but I mean, uh, well, we can open up real quick if anybody's got questions. Right. If anybody sure. asks, what is steampunk? <laughs> question. Well, I have two. Where did you get that brain-looking thing? So and I want I want this lady to tell us how lady steampunkers go about this. <laughs> <laughs> get up there, kiddo. We can no, take a seat and the ladies she, come she up. She tried to get out of it. We can talk about the brain first. Someone of you, yeah. So the cool thing about this was is that the uh, the act, we were doing uh, monsters for one of the events, so I decided to make Frankenstein head my own version. It's already steampunk anyways. Uh, Frankenstein is, but I decided to make something different. But the brain itself is the actual cut off top of a uh, jello mold 
that you get for during the Halloween time frame. No. So I just cut off yeah. a small piece up in the top, and then um, the mask itself, you can actually touch it. Um, let me be here when you do it, but you can come up after this and touch it, But because it's sitting on here barely. But uh, I put foam behind it, like poultry foam, so that it has like the, the feel of a fleshy. But it, I, I bought the mask for like five bucks at the spirit store. Um, and then I just made everything else that's on here. But I put in plugs in the back. There's vents in the back to let heat out because I learned a hard lesson <laughs> at the event where we where we met. Um, I was wearing this and I didn't have a fan in it. And I had switched out, put these eyes in so that I could see better. But I didn't have a fan because a lot of air came in on the other ones, but they were more narrow. And my eyes sit back here where I can't see very well. I have no peripheral vision. I can only see what's in front of me, not down, up. Um, but somebody, my wife, decided to do a conga line. And I had this on, and it was warm. We're in a basement of the convention center, I think it's called. In it Mid-B. was a dance. And we're doing a conga line, running around. All of a sudden, I started conga. seeing pretty colors, and then it got narrower. And I realized it wasn't the vision, so I sat down. And I, I don't know when I sat down, but that following weekend... Carbon monoxide yeah. is not your friend. <laughs> Carbon fan monoxide is not your friend. A fan was put in that following weekend. <laughs> There's a reason why I built this, or had this built for me, so that I can talk and breathe. That's <laughs> all so the carbon dioxide goes out. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I did have a hard time, though, with to caveat what you said about the ladies, and then we can let whoever the ladies that want to stand yeah. up. Yeah. But yeah. I... Uh, I couldn't find boots. I wanted to have high boots, and I couldn't find a pair of boots. I ended up finding one pair of black boots that were like motorcycle boots in at the Buffalo Exchange in Tucson. And I I know I I stole them practically for as much as they were charging for them, but they're, they're like steel toe. They don't bend that well. They're very uncomfortable, but gosh, gosh I was going to have <laughs> high boots. I even went as far as trying to find ladies' boots until my wife and daughter gave me a hard time and took pictures of me. Oh, thank gosh, Facebook, we weren't on Facebook at the time, but I didn't make it on there. But the, the, I won't say it's easy, and not by no means, but there's a lot of things at the time I thought until I really started looking at it differently. I thought there was more things to ladies, but I realized that I didn't have to go purely 1800s, which is another thing that he touched on earlier. Like some of the other genres that are out there, it's either time or genre. Um, uh, we had friends of ours that immediately went down to Tucson, or Tombstone, and went to and started buying actual pants, shirts, vests, everything. You know that they said I've got to be that time period and then they put a little something on their hat and they said okay well I'm period now and I went it's not about being period (laughs) (laughs) having fun with it and doing whatever Um, because there is no real robots did not roam around you know in that time period so what? (laughs) yes they did (laughs) so anyway Uh in our how did you decide on him? Did I decide to make him? Yes. Become the gentleman. I, again, it was like one of those things that is kind of like Pinocchio. I always wanted to be a robot. And I can remember, as he did, wanting to dress up. And I sent off and had my parents send a check for $1.50 off to this company. <laughs> and I was going to get a full robot outfit. 
when it came in, the big bossy kind, you know, from back in the 70s, mm -hmm. early 70s. And what showed up was plans on how to <laughs> get, make it out of boxes. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you what, I, you, I was a very depressed young little boy <laughs> after that. I thought I was getting for $1.50, you know. So, um, but when I, we started doing all this, I realized I wanted to do something. And the first iteration of him, like I said, he had more narrow eyes. He had the little drain plug that you get at the hardware store or wherever you put in there to, it's only that big around and it's that deep and you drop it in there so food doesn't go down in small drains. Um, that's what I looked through. But um, I had antenna sticking out of the holes in the back of here and I had uh, mechanical arms and I made boots which are also in this book. And I, everybody said I looked like a steampunk ant man. <laughs> and uh, so afterwards, Sabrina, I, I made, I decided to make him a top hat. Took off the antennas, which they were antenna, but not antennae. But anyway, um, uh, made a top hat, and then I put on a. We went to the what's it called, the Tucson thrift store, thrift store down on Fourth Avenue, and I bought a gray jacket with tails that opens up like this and has tails and I put on a pair of pants and had the top hat and she says, wow, you look like an actual robot that's a gentleman. And she was like, gentleman robot. And boom, the rest is history. So, <laughs> but she was also the one that told me to put a fan in. <laughs> Which time? No, we know what you're Yes, always. Yes. Every time. Yes. Steampunk oh, like, started in 1882. Uh, <laughs> it's like 1982. 1882. 1982. 1982. Punk, like punk rock bands and, and all that was out. And from what, if I remember it correctly, but um, he wanted to think of some sort of a name that was, and he knew it was in the Victorian time frame, which there was steam uh, was prominent and being used throughout that time. So he took steam and put punk on the end of it and it became steampunk. But the funny thing is, is that I, I've been through, uh, I really like the industrial time period. I like all of that with the architecture, all of that. And I literally tripped over it on accident, like I said a, mo a little bit ago, and never heard of it until 2010. So it's been out for quite some time. But I think all of it, um, I met Jocelyn at, um, I think because it was Tucson Comic Con. And we were at Tucson Comic Con, and I'm walking around in the helmet, and it was my first appearance as the gentleman robot. Um, and they came running over to me and said, Oh my gosh, we gotta take some pictures, and then we have to introduce you to our friend. And then they said, After we met Jocelyn, she said, I have a club, and we said, let me guess, you're in Phoenix, because, which is a different story. But she says, no, we're here in Tucson, which, again, that's only an hour and a half from where we live. But, you know, everybody that we know most of the time prior to that were always from Phoenix. Um, but we were like, great. And we, 
that friendship started right then, that quick. And next oh, thing you know, we're. <laughs> so the funny part of that story is I, not I see them. <laughs> I don't meet them. I don't know them. But I walk by and go, that's cool. Hmm. Don't think a thing about it again. I see some pictures later on and say, wait a minute. I know you guys. I saw you with them. Like, what? I'm like, walk right by you guys. Saw you didn't said a word. It was like a year later after that's when I met them. So we're all in the same circle. We just needed steampunk to bring us together. <laughs> yeah. But it was kind of funny because I, I, he gave me a description of what he was wearing. And I remember seeing her, and it's like, you know, don't miss the red hair. It's like, I know these people. Where have I seen them before? Looked through some of their older photos once we became friends on Facebook, and I said, I know exactly who they are. Didn't know them. Ended up meeting them. Friends ever since. I was just really surprised just with the different things that I've been into sci-fi and, and you know, all okay. of the... There's a good question. Who here is into sci-fi? Science fiction. Raise your hand. Now science fiction? How about horror? Anybody into horror? Okay. Um, fantasy. Okay. Fantasy like you know, Dungeons and Dragons and, and Knights and King Arthur and all that. Okay. So pretty much everybody here has got some sort of background in something other than reality. Here who likes reality? You like something other than reality because let's just face it, reality gets boring. We go through a humdrum drug every day. Okay. Um, my mother. Bless her, she was a wonderful mother, but she said to me, why do you always choose the bad guys? Why do you always choose the black knight? Why do you always choose the guys? And I said, Mom, in my real life, I'm a good guy. All right? I'm a correctional officer. I've always been into law enforcement. I said, but when you want to do something different and step out, you want to play the bad guy. So that's why we're black. That's why we're a mask. People say the same thing. Okay, Princess Bride friends here, why do you wear a mask? They're just terribly comfortable. <laughs> I think everybody will be wearing. You wears a mask. Almost everybody. You wear a mask. We all have some form or other where we wear a mask. So it's kind of like we kind of I kind of giggle about it, but everybody wears some kind of mask at some point. It allows me to be away from who I normally am and to enjoy myself and to be more relaxed and to be more open. A lot of times I don't approach people when I'm in my normal persona. I'm very guarded. I keep myself to myself. When I play and do steampunk. Um, and do the other games that I play and things like that, I'm much more open. So this is probably my way of branching out, making friends, and, and being a more social, because I really am not a social person in my normal life. So this is that area in my life that allows me to be much more open and to, to be free. So anybody into steampunk, anybody into any of those backgrounds or whatever, they kind of know what I'm talking about. You get to start talking about certain things, you have a conversation, it blows up. Somebody mentions something as you go by. Hey, I saw this. Boom. You know, that's all it takes. So. Yep. We, uh, you've got a question. Go ahead. Are there any ideas for uh, helping you to make characters? Like, sure. how would you mean? Sure. Um, yes. I yes. Mean, but, uh, embed characters. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What's I mean, your favorite, uh, have, uh, what's your favorite game? Yeah, what's your favorite? Yeah, I Star Wars, you know that. <laughs> um. I do like this one game called Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Any particular character? Mortal Kombat. Great okay, characters. So, yeah. Depends on which character you want to create, right? Scorpion, Sub Zero, 
Scorpion. Yeah. <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> okay, so if you look carefully, if I was to take this off and put on my balaclava, which is a hood, this mask is very scorpion-esque, right? So that's the different ways you do. Take the character, get pictures of it, right? You can go online. I'm sure you're online kind of giant. Google, 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 right? So you look at Google, you look at the pictures. And then you can create stuff from that. Halloween stores. Halloween stores, you can pick up little bits and baubles and put them all together. The neat thing Scorpion about Halloween stuff that you can cut apart. Even something like this. And uh, there's even tutorials where you can make these out of like craft foam, like you buy at, at uh, Hobby Lobby, the thin foam. And they have tutorials where you make something like that and then paint it to look so it, uh, like we were talking about earlier, where you can make it look metal. Um, so, but that's what we were talking about earlier, where you can take something and you can mash it into another character and make it look steampunk. But you can go to sites where the actual people make the, the, character that you want to build, so for in this case Scorpion, you can go on those sites and type in how do I make a Scorpion mask and they'll show you how to make it. At that point, it's up to you how you want to make it, if you want to make it look more like a steampunk type genre or if you want it to look like something else. Right. There's people that have taken, um, uh, if you type in, uh, what is it, it's uh, Samurai Star Wars and they've yeah. taken where they've made outfits of all of the main characters and they have them look like they're in samurai gear like uh, Darth Vader. Yes. Oh, it's amazing. So that's how you can do it. And there's, like I said, if you want to ask us later, but there's sites that are out there that tell you how to make all of this. And like I said, then you just flip flop it and make it more steampunk. Um, there is a common joke that goes through steampunk is to slap some gears on it and call it steampunk. <laughs> and believe me, I've done that. So, um, but it's in Here's some cases, <laughs> yes. So we go to a lot of thrift stores. Um, you can go to um, um, the spirit store at the end, right after Halloween's over, and get a lot of that stuff for. Um, for 30, 50% off of the current price. And uh, they even sell inexpensive uh, bowlers and top hats now uh, as well. So uh, we shop, again, I think a lot of it is, is how you turn it and make it into steampunk is the main thing that we have come and started to do. Uh, like you mentioned, like the bolts, a lot of the bolts that I make uh, so that I don't have to carry all that weight around, even though that is heavy, it's just not as heavy as it looks um, because there, there's very little real metal on this. Um, just looking at it from here, the only thing that's real are these right here. <laughs> Everything else is fake metal bolts or, or resin casts that I made. And the first set of resin casts I made, I bought, you know, the colorful clay that you get at uh, Walmart for yeah. making animals and characters or whatever you want to make. Um, it's oil-based, so it never hardens. And I would push actual bolts into it, and I used uh, cooking spray that my wife used for baking. And I sprayed cooking spray in it to get the parts out, and then I just used resin that they use for fiberglass for cars. Um, until I learned other places where I could go and buy uh, molds and right. do different. I, I even was mentioning to Jim here, 
now they make a lot of this stuff for silicone for you to put in your kitchens, for you to, to um, like pot holders, and they have these things that you set on the counter, and they have this hex, uh, hexagon pattern in them, and it's for setting a hot um, uh, pan. pan when you bring it out of the oven or uh, whatever, and you set it on there. I, it, I saw those hex patterns and I realized every time I make something out of resin, I have a bunch of little bit extra, I pour it into there and then I spray it first, let it dry, and then I pop them out and I get, there's all of these small uh, hexagon things you see here are from that. I just popped them out and made a bunch of different sizes. I use that now so that I don't have to have mice come in. <laughs> <laughs> so so you, you have an advantage that a lot, like when we were growing up as kids, there was such thing as the internet. Mm -hmm. yes. No such thing as Google or you know Yahoo or any of these different things. But, so take advantage of that. How to anything. It's, it's on there. How to build scorpion mask. Boom, pops up. How to build steampunk scorpion mask. I bet there's something there. So anytime, you know, that's, your, that's your first get-go. I will tell you that right now. Um, you can look for some old crusty dogs like us to help you out. But for the most part, if there's somebody on Facebook that's already done it, they've probably done it faster or easier than we've done it. So when they learn, learn from the mistakes of others. That was my huge thing I try to tell people. If somebody's telling you don't do this because this happens, please listen to what they're saying because they've been through it. Don't put super glue on all surfaces because you're going to get your fingers Super glue accelerator, it works great until it touches your skin. And your super glue, because it's instantly, and you have nothing. You're done. You're not pulling your hands apart. Uh, but it makes, because I mean, if anybody's ever built models, you want to put the two pieces together, super glue is supposed to dry in how many seconds? 30, 10, or whatever? You let it go, and plink. Really? <laughs> plink. And if you're like, oh, they make this accelerator, you stick it on, and you spray it, and you're like, awesome. Hmm. Hmm. Keep our model now. So and those are things. things Take your time and learn. learn Certain things you. work in different areas, like a lot of people use hot glue. When we first started, I'd say that about 90% of what's holding this together is currently hot glue. Um, because that's all I used back then. And there is, if I had to take that now to go to some of the events that we do in Phoenix, if I didn't have a way to immediately get it out of the vehicle and get it in there, if it has to stay in the vehicle for any time period, or if it's under any kind of stress, the hot glue will separate. But something as simple as overlaying this onto here where there's no tension, that hot glue will stay there forever and it won't come off, no matter how hot the vehicle gets. But anything that's bending and has the hot glue right here, it'll pop off the minute it gets any kind of uh, warmth to it. So we had to learn those lessons along the way. But again, if you're just starting out, um, to answer your question even more is, is that by looking up how to make this or how to make that, to start learning how to do it, then um, you can kind of venture from there and you can try different types of glues for different aspects. Or and don't ever be afraid to ask what if. You look at it and it says, you have to get this. What if I don't use that? What if I use something else? What if I use foam card instead of cardboard? Or what if I use the, the soft foam material to make this instead of using a rib more rigid? Um, if you ever watch any of these cosplay shows, they, the newest and latest and greatest thing is Wardlow mm -hmm. and Thermoplast. That's great. If you have $70, <laughs> a little tiny sheet is $70. Mm -hmm. I don't have $70 to waste on that. No, 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 no. 
So you probably go, what if I use this? So, and they don't tell you interesting things. We have friends of ours that build some amazing suits. They learned that 127 degrees in Phoenix, that warbler doesn't hold its shape. It's, 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 it's basically glue, like Elmer's glue and wood chips, basically, is what it is. And it forms these plastic, or these sheets that, they, they, like he said, they work great. There's the one lady did this uh, entire Wonder Woman outfit, the new one from the movie. And I mean, it's amazing. But if, if they were to wear that or stay in the sun or if it's an outdoor event, it would probably start to fall apart or change shape. So even some of the things that I work a lot with, most of the stuff you see on here and, and on, on the outside of this is all made out of, it's called, it's term when you look for things, and that's another thing is, is that it's EVA. Uh, I don't ask me the scientific name for what that stands for, because I, I couldn't tell you. But it's exercise foam. It's the little square pieces. They make them for kids' rooms that have ABCs on one side and the numbers on the other side and puzzle pieces, but they're normally they're gray and you can get at Hobby Lobby or um, Harbor, Freight. Harbor Freight or Lowe's, Lowe's. or <laughs> Home Depot, Walmart. You can buy these square sheets. They come usually four or five to a pack and they're about 11, anywhere from $11 to $20. And they have these little puzzle pieces that one side fits into this side and they put together and you put them in a gym or in a room, a playroom, and they're just on the floor for rubber. Now I look at that and I'm going, oh, I can make so many things with you. Why are you on the floor? But, um, but basically those things you heat up with a, with a heat gun to get some of the shapes and the certain cuts that you do a certain way to make it fold just right. And um, now I use, like I said, different types of glues to put that together. Um, which is one of the things you have to get, you know, permission from your parents on some of the glues and stuff are unsafe, you know, if you don't have the proper equipment. But um, they're unsafe when you're an adult too. Yeah, <laughs> especially when you're not. There's a reason they tell you put a respirator on. Yeah. Put the respirator on. But because you sit there for a little while and you're like, wow, the light is cool, and you realize, oh, I'm pretty hot. <laughs> Uh, so that's the risk too, don't yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. There's cancer from the sun and water too, but that effect you have is going to be with you for a little while. So you want to just, yeah, put the respirator on. Um, you can add two outfits. You can like make things that are from scratch. Like I said, a lot of this is there's a bunch of parts that are on here that are store bought that I just repurposed. Um, the part that goes up inside his jaw when it opens and closes is. You know the foam brushes that you, that's got a foam square end on it that you dip inside of the paint and then you paint whatever you're painting with the foam brush instead of bristles. And I had a bunch of them because I was using the foam to put on to different, um, the resins onto different things that I was making, like the ball back here for instance. Well, it gets rock hard afterwards when the, that stuff dries, so I would take it off. I ripped it off one day. And I kept that and I said, hmm, I might need that. I threw it in a drawer. And it sat there for about two years until I needed something to go in and out when I opened and closed my jaw that would rotate on the end of this pinion. And I remembered I had those, how I have no idea, but I remember they were in there and it made a perfect insert. My only concern at that point was is hopefully this pipe didn't scratch off the paint. But um, I learned 
from a guy that does miniatures, and he worked on almost all the Star Wars movies, the first three. His name's Fawn Davis. And he was at Phoenix Comic Con one year talking about miniatures. And he said one of the cool things that they did for making the miniatures to make them seem more real on, on film was they put something real in there. So because the, the human brain looks at something and sees something that's real, and it assumes automatically that everything else is real. And so what they would do is put like a little strip of metal on a doorway that went over the top of it that was real metal. Everything else was all cardboard, plastic, resin, whatever, but that wasn't. And I've done that throughout every, pretty much almost all my builds. I put something real on there um, to make it and kind of trick that to kind of get maybe a little bit of the same idea of what he said. Um, but that's, uh, that's one little trick that I've learned along the way. If I can pass that on, I mean, but that's the thing is, is that I, we, there was a lot of time where I sat researching stuff over and over and over and over constantly and spent a lot of research and didn't build one thing for weeks because I was doing so much research. And, um, but like you said, now you have the internet, so it's awesome to be able to do that. Do you have any other questions while we... And back to the women. Ladies. Oh, you're not getting away. You were just going to get dressed up for nothing, did you? Girls rule. Boys drool. So it's not really any different from women. Um, a lot of people that I know like to still dress in the pants. Um, you can go to the thrift store for a lot of the, the costume pieces. We have Miss Debbie here who does amazing work, Miss Jocelyn who does amazing work. They're both seamstresses. A lot of people don't know how to sew anymore. And that's the nice thing about steampunk is um, uh, we also work with Tucson Steampunk Society and they do workshops. We'll show you how to sew. You want to learn how to use that sewing machine that's stuck in the closet? Well, come on down. Let's let's have a class. Let's teach. So that's the nice part about steampunks is we get together and we'll start experimenting with these things. If you ever want any ideas for costumes, <laughs> this corner over here are the dealers. <laughs> okay. We are dealers. But, Costume. And that's another thing to think about. 
if you're going to be that character, what is that character going to have? Well, I'm an airship pirate, so I'm going to have, you know, my, all my accoutrement that's going to go with that airship pirate. Um, I even have a parachute backpack that I like to wear with this costume, because what happens if the airship gets shot out of the sky? I'm going to have to have some way to save myself. You guys go there, I'll be right there. No, but um, and that's you know one of the interesting parts about the steampunk characters when you do decide what you want to do. Um, also, the nice thing is that I've gone into a thrift store and I've looked at a piece of you know, whatever, a coat, a shirt, a pair of pants or something. And then I built an outfit around that. I may not necessarily have gone in there for that purpose, but the next thing I know, here comes that character. You know, um, some people, they'll find a hat and they'll think, oh, what would go with this hat? You know, so cool. Let's, let's get the goggles going. Let's do the, the next step is the shirt. Let's do the pants or the, the skirt or whatever you know you want to do after that and then the outfit comes together from there um a lot of you know john floyd will start putting this stuff together he may not necessarily have had this vision in his head at the beginning it may have transformed as he was going along and that's going to happen with a lot of um, people who do costuming um, sometimes it's, you know, can I find it? If I can't find it, can I make it? If I can't make it, then I need to, you know, switch it up. Maybe it's it's not going to be what I originally thought it was, but then it turns into this whole other monster <laughs> that comes out of the closet. Sometimes your ideas come Literally. when you're on your way home from Phoenix Comic Con. <laughs> Somebody falls asleep, <laughs> and I, my brain's bored, and I come up with characters after I just said we're going to take a break and not build anything. <laughs> After there was a promise made that we could at least have three months where there was nothing going on in the shop. <laughs> no, I wake up and all of a sudden we're making a Yeti and there's no <laughs> you know, And that's part of the fun too. I mean, is having your friends or your spouse or your, you know, your dealer, dealer. <laughs> who turns to you and says, we're going to be Klingons. <laughs> We're doing this. And then they're going to dress like Kiss. <laughs> Why are you doing that? We're doing Kiss Klingons for Star Trek Oh, that's awesome. So, you know, a lot of that stuff is bouncing ideas off of Hold your the meaning friends. Of Star Child. That's the best part is when you can get a group of people who are interested in the same sure things that you are. And, you know, next thing you know, it's this whole other thing. And then you start researching these conventions that you can go to. Old Tucson Studios, I don't know if you all are aware, but the first weekend in every March, we do a convention at Old Tucson Studio. Um, it's set in the Wild West, so there are a lot of people who like to do the gunslingers or the pirates or that kind of thing. Saloon girls, you know, and then you, you know, you think about these things, but then the fun part is they also offer different themes every year. So last year was the election, and John was named the president of Steampunk. So, <laughs> so the Russians. 
It was for charity. It was all for charity. It was the Kids Need to Read, which is what um, the Wild West Cotton supports every year. They always do Kids Need to Read charity promotion. So, um, and then this year is going to be Dinosaurs versus Robots. And I fully hope that we get some of those people dressed up in the inflatable oh, dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> I can't the wait. Bowler. But with like a, yeah, a bowler and a top hat, that's going to be so much fun. Yeah, we also have some people that are talking about doing dinosaur robots. So that, you know, that'll be an interesting. But it's, you know, it's about getting out there. It's about having fun. There's not um, enough time in the day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah Trust <someone>. me. <laughs> Um, but you know when it comes to it you just have to think creatively and if you if you're struggling you don't have an idea the internet as they said is a wonderful resource just get on there um i can't tell you how many times i've gone on there and typed in something and just went oh that's cool you know and i mean uh, imitation yeah, Pinterest is evil because you start off with one and you think you're in this idea. <laughs> Next thing you know, you yeah. might have started off with an apple. By the time you're ended, it's a meteorite. You've gone yeah. to the yeah. other end. Yeah, anything you start, you're going to see other things. You start looking through and you're like, ooh, what's that? And then three and a half hours later, you've completely forgotten what you were originally looking for. And you've got, I've got this in mind now. How did I get that? What was I looking for to begin with? No clue. I can't remember. So, but run with it. Have fun. Is it boots and corset? Boots and corset, yes. You have to put on your boots first, then the corset. Put the corset on first. Otherwise, I get the help. I hate those things. Those little metal brackets, it runs on one bar. When you try to get one in, the other one does. Next thing you know, I'm looking like I'm doing bad things to her because my hand's down the front end of her. Wow, so there's children. And he's the good guy. I think you need some cool to That's why I say I will, I will tell you right now, she's very modest. She creates a lot of great outfits as well. And there are more, there are more, yeah, but it's a design thought. There are, there are a heck of a lot more female representatives for steampunk than male representatives for steampunk. Um, they have huge followings. They have amazing art. They have amazing outfits. They're truly, uh, and they're not as competitive. As guys get, guys get a little pushy, you know, where I'm going to be better than you and that kind of stuff. But um, I, I absolutely, most of the time I will look at the women dressed as steampunk because they have such amazing outfits. And guys can't wear those. <laughs> like, no, I ain't wearing that. No, I ain't wearing that. And it starts out uh, very easy. Like my wife, she's like, I need boots. Um, what is it? Payless shoes. I'm like, oh my God, you guys got awesome boots. Yeah. Every winter, there's like, I'm just drooling. Oh my gosh, look at all the boots. And so you roll over the men's men. section and you go, huh. <laughs> you get half boots down here. So. Um, then you catch them 
in the women's aisle. <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew my, my feet won't fit most of the time. I know a size that wears. I bet you do. Size 12. What size do you wear women's dresses? That's all I know. Gone as far as a kilt. Size 8. Only your seamstress knows. What size am and let me tell you, if there's something you can think of, there's somebody that can, if you can't create it, there's somebody who can create it for you. Absolutely. This is my seamstress right there. I come to her with the most ungodly things and go, can you do this? There she is. Absolutely. And I'm like, yes. And then it's like, then she toys with me because she's working on it but not telling me. So we're like two weeks from the event. I'm like, uh, and she's like, oh yeah, come make it up. It's done. Oh, thank God. You know, and I get over there and it's amazing. Amazing work. Um, we did a, a, a uh, El Dorado Day Parade, and we did uh, Captain Nemo. And they said, we, need, we want you to be Captain Nemo. And I had a beard then, full beard, and I was like, really? So I run to her. Tell if you don't have that now. Uh, I know, I can't see it now. And I run to her, and I say, I need a Nemo jacket. Well, let's look and see what we can do. <laughs> So she creates this Nemo outfit for me, and it's amazing. And I wear it every chance I get. Um, I love it. It's that bright, vibrant blue, and I wear the, the naval white pants. And I had some other people build me uh, white gaiters that go with the boots. It's, it's amazing. Somebody can help you, or somebody can build it for you if you really want. So don't ever, don't ever let that stop you if you're getting into it. I mean, you're, you're, you're a youngster right now. You're, you're like thinking, I ain't got no money. What are you talking about? Mom's not going to buy that for me. <laughs> That's where you learn to start making things. Improvise. Improvise, you know. Start small and work your way up. My first pair of boots that I made, and there's pictures of it, like I said, in that book right there. I can show you when we get done. I made them for the, before he became the gentleman robot. The, the heel of them I thought looked really cool because it was looked like an Achilles tendon, but it's the handhold for, for a Folgers coffee, the plastic Folgers <laughs> coffee that we had. And I ended up, I made one, and I went, that's cool. And I looked over, the other one was full. I had to go over and dump that into a plastic bag to get the other one and make the other boot. But the front end of it was made out of a garbage can I cut in half, and then I covered it in uh, faux leather on the outside of it. Um, the back side is a cardboard tube. I cut a metal bowl right in half and became the, the toe because it was rounded just like this and I thought it looked cool. But Secondhand stores, thrift shops, Goodwill, those are Dollar stores. Yeah. Um, played against sports. These look great, right? Those are just catcher shin guards. Throw a paint job on them. Bam, $5 at the Goodwill store. Five bucks. I, was, I didn't care they are beat up. I want them beat up. I want them to look like they've been used and broken in or whatever. But adds the persona of the character. And then all you do is you run down to Hobby Lobby or uh, Hobby Lobby because most places don't have the metallic paints. If you want to look metal, you just learn how to paint it. Um, there's no right or wrong. Uh, you're, if you don't like it, start over. Practice, 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 practice. I did not start making plastic look like metal. <laughs> not by a long shot. Lots and lots of work, lots and lots of time and effort went into it, and my love, love for the, 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 the genre, and love for the, the activity of painting. I love to paint, I love to create. So. Any questions? 
Any other questions? Jeff, sure. you want to talk about some of your stuff? Or your sure. backpack yeah. and all that? <clears throat> so my uh, variation that I kind of warmed onto was uh, adding lighting and motion and uh, uh, you can call it Tesla punk. You know, your Tesla is... Oh my God. <laughs> So this started his life as a Nerf uh, shooter. to it like a smokestack. tube and a lot of them wanted 24 volts and uh, you know they don't work 
um, because they're ancient. Um, but come to find out where the, the pins all go down and it plugs in, the glass is exposed inside that Bakelite plastic stuff that's around it. So I put the LED right in there and it shines right up into the, the bulb and uh, makes it look like the, the tube is lighting up. You all know vacuum tubes they used to put in to make the TV work back in the day. When, they were, pick them up when they were this big, yeah. this wide. <laughs> if you ever look at an electronic circuit board and all the little black squares, all what those do now, tubes used to do. Like this. So I kind of got it started the same way, uh, costuming for like 30 years in Renaissance Fair and had pretty much done everything you could do. And then I found steampunk and it's like, wow, there's everything. And there's time travel, so there's really anything. <laughs> and uh, uh, my background's always been software and electronics and stuff. It's like, well, if I can marry that up and costuming, this would be awesome. So, so this is my brain bucket Lincoln. <laughs> the, the first thing I did was the backpack that's over there and uh, learned a lot of lessons with that. The John was talking about don't use real parts because <laughs> that thing is about 50 pounds. But it's a real, uh, the box is a uh, Dewey Decimal uh, index card box from an, a library. The, uh, That's where you used to go to. <laughs> <laughs> or the internet. Or the internet. You find the book you wanted on a shelf on the other end of the building, you had to go through cards first. Mm -hmm. You know those weird numbers in the libraries that you don't learn how to use anymore? Uh, and then the, the frame is actually a Swiss Army backpack. Uh, so I got the look of it looking uh, antique but it's because it really is antique and it's really heavy. And the brass thing on the left, that's oh. a fire extinguisher, right? Yeah, I got that in Bisbee down in one of the basements. Didn't know what it was and it was kind of broken and perfect. I have yep. broken, that's exactly what I want. It's so. made out of solid brass. Well, and that's the, the lure for me was I started looking at brass. And I saw a lot of these guys that we know, the Rose Brothers, they build a lot of their stuff out of brass and wood. And then the first brass one I built, I started to carry it around. I realized, I'm not carrying this around the entire colony. Are you crazy? <laughs> then I said, I can paint <coughs> plastic and make it look like metal. And a lot of people want that. <laughs> they say, hey, can you build me a gun? Yes, I can. <laughs> I can build you anything you want for a price. <laughs> That's like, I, just, I just found out this weekend that, um, or last weekend, that uh, Thomas Williford, which is uh, amazing steampunk, he's been in it for years. All, that, all of his stuff that he makes it, where you see the brass, I'm looking over here because it was just amazing to me. That brass that's on there, he puts it on Sintra, which is what they make like gun holsters and stuff like that out of, that's the hard plastic. He makes the base of it, then he cuts out the thin leather and wraps over top of it and then puts the thin brass underneath there and then covers it with all the swirly leather on there. That brass is so thin he cuts it with a pair of regular household scissors. It's that thin. And the way it looks, it looks like, and the way it feels and weight, that it's solid brass. And I thought, oh my gosh, you know, how does he do all that? He just cuts it out. I watched him cut out a square with a pair of household scissors and it's just little slivers of it. 
And that thin brass, you can get a Hobby Lobby. Yep. Yeah. And big rolls. And I was sitting there playing around with different brass pieces on something on the the boots that I was talking about. I put a small strip of brass, and I cut that out with a pair of tin snips and beat that thing into submission just to get it to wrap around where my feet go. And then, like I said, now here it has been what, five years later, and I realize what he's done. That I could have done something similar to that and just cut it, but I went a different route, and I, I faux do it, and it's a lot lighter. So, but. talking about uh, finding stuff at thrift stores and whatever so I'm always looking for a little electronic things like uh, Target has a counter or a little end cap and they'll have weird little electronic like uh, finger lights that stick on your light on your oh, fingers yeah. and I've used those in different projects and they're actually cheaper than buying the batteries that are in them <laughs> yeah it's cheaper to buy a new one than to replace the batteries um, like the plasma ball on there desktop USB plasma ball and so since it's USB when I wear it on my back I wear uh, uh, use a phone charger portable phone charger rechargeable battery for a phone and then when I plug it in I just use a wall board to charge a, a phone and plug it in and then it runs like that so I'm always looking for a little electronic uh, lights and something to turn into something else and they're usually really cheap uh, isn't it the EL wire that's on the Yeah, and this, I don't know if you see this blinking. Yeah. This is EL ribbon. Um, and then the controller uh, goes inside the hat. Uh, you can get this. Uh, I got it online when I first found it. But now you can buy it at Walmart in the bike section. They sell them to put on your bikes. And... Um, it doesn't last forever because it's it kind of works on the same principle as fluorescent light bulbs. When fluorescent light bulbs are two and then the inside is coated, same thing with this, there's a coating, but since it's in a flexible, every time it moves and bends, the coating starts to chip off and it doesn't hold up too well. The ribbon holds up a little better. Doesn't make as much function either. Yeah. It's a flat surface versus Yeah, does anybody have questions? I don't, we're going to be here. I don't know what time it is right now. we got to watch. Is anybody doing something in Disney or Tombstone or Sierra Vista that's sort of a event us movies or wannabes or whatever you want to call us could go look at? Yes, social calendar. Yes. We will probably be doing a steampunk invasion in August in Disney. We've done that the last two years. It's been really successful. We're looking at doing something in Tombstone as well during the summer, so please keep an eye out for that. You can follow the Tucson Steampunk Society, um, and we'll have all that information posted. These delightful people are all part of that conglomeration of steampunks. We try and provide events in Southern Arizona as well as in the Tombstone area, in the Tucson area. And then oh, and Helderado. We, we always do Helderado. Yeah, we always we do Helderado would be a uh, float and tree for the helmet. Yeah. Float, but parade and tree for the helmet. Float and tree. Are we? Are we? We dream of a float. Yes. 
We're getting there. We're getting there. We're almost there. And again, they're, they're modest because we usually take a prize. We take a prize almost yeah. every year. Second annual Comic Con over at Cochise College. Oh, oh it's going to be February. It's, it's the first, first. It's the weekend before Wild West Con. It's ten. So it's the last. I think it's the like. No, it isn't. It's the it's the second weekend in February. Yes, it's the tenth or eleventh. I think. Yes. Because we're going to go do the Star Trek. In fact, I've got a. But that was one of the cool things too is we, we didn't think that there was anything to do and that's why we're announcing all of these things because quite literally that year that we took off between Wild West Con and I, all I could think about was is I only had you know, two or three that we could go to, we thought we could only go to these conventions and that was the only place that we could hang out or talk about these kind of things or, or you know, cosplay them. And it was only gonna be Tucson Comic Con, Phoenix Comic Con, uh, which have now changed their names, but that's it. But, but <laughs> and Wild West Con. Shortly after that, I realized we were doing so many things, I didn't have enough time on the weekends to build anything because we were <laughs> doing different events. So. So, it, again, it is very fun. Uh, we love it, as you can tell, and um, the more the merrier, so. And this is a really big event. I think it's, yeah. isn't it the second largest attended in the yes. U.S.? Yes. Uh, yes. So it's the Mississippi. Fun World's Fair in New Jersey, Wild West Con here in uh, Southern Arizona in Tucson, and Festive Con in uh, Wisconsin. And the nice thing is with, with the Wild Wild West Con at Old Tucson, you get to partake of the entire park as well. Yes. So it's not just right. If you go there with a park pass, you can't get into some areas. You can't get into the panels and things that the steampunks can get into. So, but if you go and spend pretty much the same price for the day to get into the steampunk convention, you can access everything. So it's definitely one of the ones to go to to get your feel for it because it's really cool to see an 1880s town with steampunks walking through it and or standing in front of the, the saloon or the livery or the jail and you're seeing them interacting with it and you're like that is really cool you know and they still do a lot of the shows that they would do so if you haven't yeah. been there before they still do a lot of the shows you can still go inside a lot of the museums you can go on stagecoach rides you can ride the cars the carousel you can do all the stuff that, that you would normally enjoy enjoying the park yeah. plus you can check out all these different little events that they do Tea dueling, Madame Askew does an amazing tea duel. She does it on the main stage, so everybody can. Uh, they have bands, they have performers, they have everything. It's it's just an amazing event. Tea pot racing. Tea pot racing. You should all enter. You should all enter. You should all enter. You should all enter. Crawler was there. Yes, that was the best. You so, went in um, upon them, dude. We'll be here till three. Uh, if you want to come up and look at it, please get a closer look. If you want to touch anything, we'll be up here to, to help you out. You feel some of the things or feel weights or whatever. Uh, any tips or anything like that. So 
we're pretty much done with our with our talk. Um, we'll be here definitely to. On behalf of the Art Association, we really want to thank you so much. Yeah. For thank you for having us again. Yeah. It's our favorite art show. Yeah. And we want to thank all of you for coming down. Because uh, when we first did this, we, we had a little a fair turnout for being kind of last minute or whatever. But we really do appreciate you all coming down and taking a chance and listening to us. Um, and to seeing some of our work because that's why we do it. As much as we tell people we do it for ourselves, we do it so people can go, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to come back or tell your friends, come on, tell them, come on back. Yeah. We're open from yeah, 10, to, 10, to, 10, to, uh, from 10 to 1. 10 to 1 every uh, day, but what? Monday through Saturday. Monday through Saturday. And the exhibit runs through the end of the month. Yeah, we'll be here till the end of the month. And if you need anything sewn, see these two ladies up front. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for listening to the Creative Play and Podcast Network. And feel free to enjoy our other shows, such as D&D Journey of the Fifth Edition and Scion Ragnarok and Roll, a Scion hero to Ragnarok story. Thank you for listening.